Hello, and welcome to Sacred Adventure Begin, an inquisitive space where we explore topics like gaining wisdom, travel, yoga, meditation, dance, art, and following our soul-guided paths. I'm your host, Emily, from gettingintoit.com, and together we'll focus on enjoying, sharing, and interpreting our sacred adventures and how to embody these lessons in our daily lives. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am your host, Emily, coming to you from Boston on this beautiful day. It finally warmed back up a little bit, and there is so much to talk about right now. Um, and what I want to come to today with is an offering. I want to come to today with an offering of breath. I feel like we could all use a bit of a breath right now. So let's just take a collective breath together. Deepen your inhale. And your exhale. Letting the release of the breath also relax the muscles around it. Oh, feels so good. So if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) in the future, (laughs) for reference, one of the reasons I feel like we could all use a big deep breath right now is that this is the first week of November 2020. And it's easy in times like these to get worried and then also panicky. And as someone who worked a very, very, very stressful job for a long time, um, for those of you who don't know, in my former life, (laughs) I guess my pre-podcast life, I um, was an art professor, an art theories professor. Uh, So I was in academia, and I pieced together a lot of adjunct positions and also did a couple years of full-time work in that um, atmosphere in universities from Texas all the way to Indiana. Um, But if you don't know, academia can be very um, brutal in terms of what uh, you are asked to do for your students and also for your career and managing all of that with the other life changes I was going through. Like I got married, um, we've had multiple moves, remodeled our home, all of that kind of stuff um, on top of that. And then I had a back injury. And so I was living in a lot of what um, many people would call limbic stress. And that is I was just sweating all the time. Like, I would wake up and I would be sweaty. I would go to sleep and I would be sweaty. Like, my body was giving me signs that I needed to slow down. And I remember the first time, uh, right before I had surgery, I walked into uh, a meditation teacher's office. Uh, She was a combo um, meditation teacher and therapist. And so I was like, okay, this should be interesting. This is maybe what I need. I'm so stressed out. You know, I'm really nervous about this surgery. What am I going to do? And the very first thing she said was, you're not breathing all the way. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what is what does breathing have to do with this? I'm of course I'm breathing all the way. See? <gasps> like that. Like for quick breath in, quick breath out. And she was like, You're not even breathing past your like rib cage. And I was like, Yeah, no, my pants are tight. I keep the lower stomach in. And she was like, No. You'll have to breathe all the way down so your body knows it's safe to relax. And and it was really a revelation to me of how um shallow 
my breathing was and how I had um, taken my phone in with me and I had put it on silent, but uh, all these emergency alerts were coming through from the university and um, it was interrupting our session and and I think she just knew like I needed help. <laughs> but I didn't know how to step back from all of that like because I was in an anxious state. I was worried about my finances so I was pushing myself really hard to make money and I thought that the harder I pushed myself the more money I was going to make. I had that like illusion in my head that like the harder you work the more money you make and frankly for some people that's true and for others it's simply not. I can think of a lot of hardworking people who are, um, you know, janitors or um, who are in way underpaid jobs for what they do, uh, who don't have that security and the harder they work, uh, the more jobs they work, the more it takes out of their bodies and uh, the less they end up uh, getting paid because then it ends up going into medical expenses or at least that's what happened with me. So if I slow my roll for a second talking about that, it's kind of fast. Take a deep breath in and out. And just communicating to my body that it's safe. It's safe to be here. It's safe to be in this space. Now, one thing that I do want to say that does happen is as we engage our breath, it can be a powerful tool to help us understand what we're anxious about, to help us deal with our panic. Uh, but what the way I'm using it right now and the way that you know I've been kind of telling you to take deep breaths with me is a way to sort of step out of the panic. And that doesn't always work for dealing with a high level of anxiety because sometimes the anxiety needs to be expressed. It needs to be gone into. And that's where the breath actually becomes this really curious, wonderful way to, to uh, engage with things that are larger than ourselves. Or you could say to like channel an emotion, to channel a feeling and to, to use that like channel as a way to like move that energy through your body so that you don't stay in that, which is really interesting. So there's breath work practices even that can engage you in doing quick breathing, like <sighs> panting kind of breath, um, and others to help move the energy through if and when you're ready to deal with your anxiety um, and, and that energy and the stress of that at that level. And that is as I have been going through my healing, something that has been really interesting to uh, become and to engage with is not only like, does my breath have a massive capacity to create calm within me, but my breath also is a like a pathway, a, a something that I can ride um, and engage with to pull in energy, to release energy, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that's certainly part of the work that I, I engage with with myself and with clients. But also it's something that just um, is wonderful to do with other practitioners. And I <laughs> have to tell you, so I have a good friend. Her name is Bianca, and she is the interviewee today. The reason I'm giggling a little bit is that she and I have exchanged sessions. So I did a um, soul portrait. That's the art that I make so that people can see what I see when I go into their Akashic records and into the vibration of, of who they are and what they came to do in the world. And I 
make a painting based on that um, and then share it with them, walk them through the reading. But uh, we did an exchange. So I did one of those for her and then she did a breathwork session for me and it, it was breathwork and Reiki combined. And I'm giggling a little bit because I went in thinking like, oh, I've done a ton of breathwork. I already know what I'm trying to release. I know what this is going to be like. And I was actually... I really had some doubts about whether or not I could do just breath for a whole hour. I was like, ooh, this is going to, I'm going to lose interest. This is going to be crazy. And (laughs) I could not have been um, more wrong about what level of breath work and how doing it for that duration of time and with the techniques that Bianca uses was going to bring to me. And I'm going to share with you a little bit about what the process is like. So we came in together, we set an intention for the session, like what energies I was working with. And at the time I was working on um, being able to receive at a greater level um, in, in, in moving, shifting to a more balanced state of giving and receiving in my life. And, uh, Anyway, she put on the music, she coached me through how to do the breath, and then we did the breath together for like 50 minutes, and it was amazing. I felt hot and cold in different parts of my body, and I think that breath work, if you're looking to get into sort of energetics, like starting to understand this type of breath work that Bianca does, should specify it that way, you will, if you do her breathwork session, you will have an energetic experience that you will feel things in your body. I don't know that there would be a way that you did the breathwork and not have physical sensation as the energy moves through your body. And you could say like, oh no, it's just the added oxygen or it's just the stress of laying down or it's just this or it's just that. But you have physical sensations in your body that are incredible, that are powerful, like my feet were sort of numb. And then the returning of, um, when we stopped the breath work, the returning of warmth and feeling to them was really interesting and powerful in the way it moved through my body. And she was doing Reiki and also reading a bit as I was um, doing the breath work. And so when we got together afterward and our, our experiences of what was happening were the same, it was really affirming, beautiful, and interesting. Um, yeah, so Bianca's kind of awesome. <laughs> and so is breathwork. For some of you who may be listening and um, are, are looking to start a breathwork practice, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of stuff out there on the interwebs to get you going. Um, I think I have a free offering on my website <laughs> for breathwork. And you can also check Bianca out as well. I highly, highly, highly recommend her. Um yeah, she also had a really cool life, um, has a really cool life, not had. Um, and I am super excited to share her story with you. Before we get into the interview, I am going to read you her bio. Bianca Bloomfield is a Los Angeles-based breathwork and shadow work healer and kids yoga teacher obsessed with helping clients alchemize pain to empowerment. Yes. She has completed multiple yoga trainings since 2016, including trauma-informed yoga for youth with street yoga. In 2020, she became a certified breathwork healing facilitator through Revelation Breathwork, and after five years of using breathwork in her own life to uncover, move through, and release trauma. Discovering somatic healing through yoga and breathwork put Bianca on the path of true healing after a lifetime of depression. She intends, Bianca, intends 
to help everyone she works with move through life with a greater sense of self-love, grace, and ease, which is so perfect. Also, in our interview, Bianca shares this um, amazing sort of sense of, of knowing that she's going in the right direction in the universe, um, you could say God, rising up to support uh, her new endeavors. And I think that's something that we can also sort of take away at this point <laughs> in history and also in our own lives um, is just like looking for ways that we are already supported and following the ease through that. So here is my interview with Bianca. Well, hello, Bianca Bloomfield, and welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am so happy to have you here to share what you do with these amazing listeners. Hi, Emily. I'm super excited to be here. Yay! (laughs) Yeah. So I started this episode by telling the listeners a little bit about the amazing breathwork session I had with you, and I'm wondering if you could uh, start by telling people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm Bianca. I'm a Los Angeles-based healing facilitator, and the two main modalities I use for that are breathwork and shadow work, and uh, I'm really passionate about helping people kind of when they're at that point when they're just fed up with being in pain or being in those cycles that they find themselves in again and again and again, kind of digging in deeper and looking at why and how and really just um, processing that pain through their body and and integrating it so that they're not moving from a place of of shame and shadow and rather from integration and wholeness. Um, And I'm just really kind of obsessed with the way the body stores pain, much more so I I think than, than the mind and kind of releasing through that way. And that's where breath work really comes in. And then the other thing that I do is I teach Uh, yoga and mindfulness to children. And in a way that I have kind of similar goals with that, it's just uh, helping kids learn to navigate what I call with them the quote unquote big feelings, move through the big (laughs) feelings with more grace and ease. So that like my kind of ideal world goal is that, you know, so that those woundings don't get calcified and they can move through them when they're young and and uh then they don't need then they're like perfectly embodied whole adults and yeah that that's the dream <laughs> oh my gosh there is there are so many directions we could go from here <laughs> yeah so so let's i guess which came first did working with kids come first or did mm-hmm. um did the breath work working with kids came first in terms of the work yeah work that i do so how did you get into that? Yeah, so um, I became really passionate about working with kids, I think, because of my own childhood. I uh, was depressed as a child, and I didn't have the language for it back then. Uh, when I, My dad passed away when I was a toddler, and the narrative around that from my family and from the people around me was that uh, it, it's better that it happened before I had memory, uh, and it's less painful that way. And so Mm. I kind of grew up and, you know, no, I was lots of love and, and, you know, all of that, but they just didn't know better. And so I kind of was very disembodied as a child. I was depressed. I was disembodied. I was always trying to escape. I was super clumsy. I loved reading books. I was pretty antisocial and it kind of just built up and built up and built up until I had a breakdown when I was 18. Um, and, uh, I kind of went on a much more traditional path of, of 
therapy and medication and and it, it kind of that all in retrospect felt more like a band-aid approach and uh when i went through a bout of depression uh in my mid-20s after moving to los angeles um a really bad one i the only thing i want i was able to leave the house for was yoga it was the only thing that i had the energy to be active with and i just needed to know why um i needed to know why so as i began to kind of emerge from that uh, episode uh, i signed up for a teacher training and that's when i began to learn about the way we really need to move pain through the body and the way we how important the body is for processing and for healing and day one of teacher training i was like why was i not given these tools when i was a child mm -hmm. and that is kind of the moment that propelled me and, and made me just kind of drove me to really want to share share like kind of make it access yoga accessible for children and give them what i so think i think that if i had yoga when i was a child my life would have been so different growing up um and so that's how i ended up doing doing that work that's super cool so i i love this um topic that you've touched on here which is how pain gets stuck in the body or how pain and patterns like when we're not aware of them are sort of like in the background running the show right mm -hmm. <laughs> um and i have my own examples of this that i could share if, you, if you're like i'm not comfortable sharing any of mine but uh, like, what would be like an example for maybe somebody who is new to yoga or somebody who has never not used yoga this way, but never had a yoga um, instructor lead them down the path of this is this is how your emotions live in your body. How would you sort of describe that for someone? Mm. Yeah, so um, there's different kind of if so anywhere that you might feel like uh, tension for example let's go with what i'm feeling right now i am noticing right now as i'm talking to you my throat is feeling a little bit tight right now and it's because uh i'm kind of like where am i going to take this i'm not exactly sure what to say <laughs> as i'm talking and i'm feeling this resistance in my throat so i'm just uh -huh. giving a current real world example and so anything like um i think that the body is is such a good indicator it's like you start with that so for example any sort of chest pain, or if you're having trouble breathing, like that's maybe an indication of like, where have you been hurt in your, in your heart before? And then what is your relationship with others? Like, do you feel if you, if I see someone with like a really slumped posture, it's like, well, where are you closing off? If, if I might like make an assumption, whether it's true or not, that they're maybe having trouble connecting with others on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And so um, the work might be in, in just learning to be a little bit more vulnerable and open up that heart space. Um, I'm not sure if that answered your question, but. Yeah, actually yeah. that's like a kind of beautiful way to, sort of look at people not like diagnose but sort of know like what's going on like emotionally for for them and it's kind of funny when I was teaching a figure drawing class um when I was uh, still a professor I one of my favorite assignments was to send my students out to watch people so I would be like go to the quad go to a coffee shop watch people and then watch how how they're sitting tells you about their emotional state and then like draw that for me and write a quick story about them. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting to like, just what you said, when your shoulders roll forward and you're hunched, 
it's almost like you're protecting or curling around your heart space, which is different than, you know, the person walking, uh, holding their coffee cup from the top, <laughs> like their hand, like clutching it, like walking really fast with their chest out and their head forward, right? They're too like, and they say very, very clear things about a personal's emotional state. Um, so yeah. I'm curious, like, in connecting the emotional state with how it manifests and how we hold our body, how do you then do that with yoga? Yeah. So with yoga and with yoga, it's like, I pretty much uh, primarily work with kids now. Um, so it's like, it's very specific to that kind of ages, like two through 14. And so um, I kind of, my goal with, with that with children is to really teach them that connection right and and sometimes if a child is maybe feeling some some pain or some sorrow i'll just make them aware of how they're sitting and then we'll do this exercise uh where sometimes i'll just have them watch me and i'll have my face be the exact same like no expression on my face and i'll slump forward and i'll take a really big breath mm -hmm. and i'll ask them do i look happy or sad right now and they'll usually say sad and then i'll sit up taller and i'll take another big breath my face is the same and I'll ask them, do I look happy or sad right now? And they'll say happy. And so then we kind of work on the next step is to work with them on feeling what that feels like in their own bodies. And then hopefully next time when they're having kind of more of a down day, they can practice well, oh, what will it feel like, feel like if I lift myself up a little? And how does that change the way my, my breath moves through my body? And how does that make me feel different? I love that too. So I wonder if you do this also, because I, um, I frequently, like, if I'm experiencing maybe anxiety or I'm, I'm building a business right now and doing a lot of things, and so sometimes I'll get in that, like, I don't want to call it an anxious state, but that, like, very pitta, like, fire energy of, like, do, 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 do. And um, it needs somewhere to go when I'm done using it, right? Like it's great when I need to like punch out a bunch of emails or, or send things out and I'll go to my mat and I'll do like, <laughs> I'll, I'll use like a quick yoga flow to take that energy up to experience it and then to bring it down. And so I'm kind of curious, like how do you work with yourself or how do you, um, how do you also use yoga like not only to become aware of the emotion and how it is in the body, but to like process the energy of emotion. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's like, I just drop on the floor and do some poses. If, if, if I'm yes. having, if I'm just like, so in my head, it, it's when I notice the dialogue in my head, just like, won't shut up. Like uh -huh. that's when I know I need to um, come back to my body, come back to my practice. And I'll just like, do a down dog, just like feel what that feels like and just fully focus on my, on my body and my breath. Um, Cause it's just like, you know, one thing that I've just learned over the years is that like when we kind of are living from our head, we're always living from a place of, of kind of trying to control mm -hmm. and um, just kind of control and, and in the future or in the past versus when we're living from our hearts, it's from a place of curiosity and openness and that's always the place I want to be working from from curiosity and openness so uh yeah jumping into one or two yoga poses sometimes that's all I need to come back to that spot yeah it also I think involves the whole body in in the awareness of the energy or in the awareness of the mental and emotional states and I'm curious too like 
So I've had a breathwork session with you, which was fantastic and wonderful. Um, but I'm curious also how you're using like breathwork to do this, or if you could maybe give some examples um, from your life about like what improved when you started doing yoga and started doing breathwork. Yeah. So first of all, thank you. I'm so happy you had a, a great experience. It was <laughs> such a pleasure to facilitate for you. Um, breathwork came about, I, I had my first breathwork session around the same time that I was in my yoga teacher training. And there's a kind of like a saying in the breathwork community that, that, uh, you know, one breathwork session is like 10 years of therapy at once. And I totally felt that during that first session, it just totally, um, brought me back into my body and also opened me wide, like to like the heavens at the exact same time. And that's like, kind of like the thing that I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with kind of that place where body, where like body and mysticism meet. Um, so I just like, uh, it was just like so powerful and it became a really important practice for me over the years um, as I kind of delved deeper into my own healing and um, I use it. I would say I do very short breathwork practices uh, a couple times a week, probably. And then every once in a while, I'll do like a longer, deeper practice. And uh, for me, it just connects me with my body and with like my higher self and my spirit guides like quicker than, than anything else. Yes, totally. So actually, I feel like the breathwork I did with you or the, the session that I did with you was very, very different than um, in yoga school in India. <laughs> and in the morning, we had an hour of um, breath work and meditation. And then we did the um, asana, you know, the, uh, the movement part of our course. And, the, and then we had lunch slash breakfast. It's not really brunch. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm curious if you can maybe define out a little bit of like what a breath work practice actually looks like. Yes, yes. And thank you for asking that because it's true. There, It's funny, there's no like specific name for this kind of breath work. It was kind of like, I don't even know who was the originator of it, but it's kind of like bad branding, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's definitely, and it can be confusing because I also am a yogi, right? So, but it's yep. not, it's not pranayama. It's a different thing. This is not part of the yogic tradition as far as I'm aware. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's um, <laughs> the, the pattern of the breath is all done through an open mouth. And it's done, it's a three-part breath. And so if you want to just try like three, three kind of rounds with me right now, you can put a hand on your belly and a hand on your chest. And usually this is done lying down. And we, uh, it's all done through the open mouth. So it's breathing deep into the belly, breathing deep into the heart, and then exhaling. Yeah. And then, so the way, what a session with me, and you can probably already tell if whoever's listening to this is doing it um, just even a couple rounds. It's very, it's kind of odd. It's probably a different way than you've ever breathed before. And uh, when you, when we meet for a session, I, I first kind of will ask you like what your intention is, maybe what you're working on healing. And one of my favorite parts about this process is that it's done to kind of like a really cool upbeat music playlist. Um, so uh, I play some music and we set some intention and I also use Reiki to support this practice. So throughout this kind of very activating um, breath work practice, which will take you very deep, very quickly and might bring up a lot of emotions. Um, I'm also supporting you with um, a Reiki healing. And so 
um, we start the breathwork practice after just setting an intention, talking about what we're working on healing. And then I start to, I'll guide you through based on kind of what, like we were talking at the beginning of this, just like those energetic physical points in the body. Like I, I can kind of see the chakra system and I will see uh, through like kind of almost, I, I can almost see different parts of the body light up. So I'm seeing where you're storing maybe stuck energy. And sometimes I receive mantras to share. I think that happened with you to kind of repeat after me mm -hmm. and um, other guidance. And so I'm just guiding you based on what's coming up, what I'm seeing and feeling throughout. And then after we'll have a little bit of time to talk and to integrate. And so that's, that's generally what a session looks like. I also use this practice in kind of a grander scope of, of shadow work healing when I'm working with people more one-on-one. -on -one. And in that case, it's kind of like there to support in between talking sessions to um, kind of go a little deeper, see what comes up. Um, yeah. I can't remember if I have had anyone on where we've talked explicitly about shadow work or even defined it for people before. But I'm, I also find that like talking to so many different practitioners and also being part of the spiritual community that lots of people have different definitions of shadow work. <laughs> so when you work with clients on shadow or when, when you did your own shadow work, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So it's so true. It's so true that, and that can look like, uh, and I don't even know if I have like a concise definition, but I will do my best right now. Um, <laughs> so for me, it has looked like in my, both my own practice as working with, with others and on my own healing and um, now um, facilitating that healing for others. It's just um, always digging a little deeper into the, the spaces that feel tender and painful. And uh, we do that so that they don't control us, so that we can integrate them and move from a place of wholeness. Um, and so it, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's all about digging deeper for me. Yeah. And a lot of times we have shadow um, or, or you could call it just, well, there's so many different names for it, <laughs> but there are things that oftentimes we have judgments of, or like things that we reject about ourselves. And they do hold like power over us, right? Like, so if you think that maybe it's like, um, I don't know, uh, selfish or self-absorbed to talk about what you're doing and then you open a small business, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then that shows up with fear of being seen or not wanting to like tell people your offerings. And it, uh, it ends up like, I think being such a pivotal, healing thing too because you could apply shadow work in relationships too right like exactly yeah and it's just um you know the more we can integrate those parts of ourselves this has been my experience then the closer we come to being our authentic selves and discovering our authentic selves and, and then it's just like that we kind of find ourselves on our aligned path more quickly and and that's where I, I think that kind of one of one of my big kind of life philosophies is that um, the second we invite pain to sit at the table that's when healing really begins yeah uh, and I think that I spent so many years of my life running away from pain and and so uh, and it wasn't until I really sat with that really looked at it that things started to shift for me, even though I went, even though that in itself is deeply, deeply painful. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's where the magic is as well. A hundred percent. I mean, oftentimes we can't clear it if we're constantly pushing it away. 
Exactly. So you're working, I, I'm just curious about this. So are you integrating the breath work with shadow work? Does that look like, do, are you working with people long-term to do that? Does that happen yeah. in one session? Like, Yes, no, that is, that is more of a long-term process where, um, yeah, I, I work with people on a weekly basis and it's kind of like a mixture of, um, as uh, up until now, it's been mainly, it's been breath work sessions mm -hmm. with then some like shadow work sessions thrown in and I'm still experimenting with what the right ratio is. And that's also, <laughs> um, in part, yeah, that also depends on who I'm working with, right. What they want, what feels good to them. But I think kind of like those two things together can be a really, a really magical combo because with the breath work, you're just like, kind of, you got to get out of your head a bit. Um, or fully. And so then you can really, we, I find that it helps really get clarity on the direction to take the shadow work, which is more based on, on talking and, but also some other embodiment work where it's like, we'll tune into the body and where are you feeling the tension and the pain and then going into that pain and then seeing what comes up emotionally from that. I also really like that you're combining, um, the, the breath work with your own intuitive gifts, which I think is really, really huge because breath work, at least in the yoga practice, the pranayama, I, I feel like it mostly serves to oxygenate the body, <laughs> to open up the, the nadis, the channels, but also to like bring, to help bring that awareness in inward. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you and I did the breath work session together, like it was an intense experience. Like <laughs> I, I want to tell the listeners too, <laughs> I felt like tingling in my limbs and like, I, I felt like physically in, in my body and this doesn't always happen with Reiki. I feel like when I get Reiki, I can feel it, but this really was a very intense physical experience for my body of what was happening. Like, spiritually at, at the time, which was really, really cool. And then when we checked back in together and you told me you were seeing the same thing that I had just told you I was like actually feeling, it was really, um, a, like, I think beautiful. Um, so I know there's a question in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah. And thank you for bringing that up too, as you, as you think of your question, um, because yeah, the, the physical sensation and, and at the beginning of a session, I always make sure, especially if you're new to this practice and you've never done a breathwork session before, people can be very surprised by the physical sensations. Like sometimes like hands get clamped up and like, like you, it feels like you literally can't move your fingers apart. Um, and it's, and that's just energy moving. And I think the hands are so connected to the heart. So a lot mm. of times, and so many people are feel do feel tender around the heart, so it's like then the the hands clamp. And of course, there's also you know the just you're, you are just bringing a lot of oxygen in the body. But there is that more metaphysical meaning of just like the resistance, the hands clamping up um, because of all that stuff that's awakening through your chakra system and especially the heart. Um, and so yeah, it can be kind of jarring, but it's just part of the whole whole beautiful process. No, it was great. And then when we stopped. <laughs> breathing and did a couple like songs of integration and I assumed that's when you were doing the Reiki because that's what I felt a lot then um it was really lovely like feeling the body like integrate all of that too and and the sensations changing and becoming softer it just it was really lovely so your when did you become aware that you could see chakras <laughs> That I could see chakras? Is that what you yeah, thought? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
You know, it kind of happened gradually. It's it, it really fully kind of when I started doing working with people through the breathwork practice, that's when I really started to be able um, to sense and see. Uh, but again, I feel like over the years, as I've become so aware of my own mind, body, spirit connection, you know, I kind of do see, I, I kind of um, see pretty clearly where people hold tension in their body, but then the actual kind of almost like seeing the energetic body. Yeah, that was when I started, uh, when I started facilitating breathwork sessions. That's so cool. Where did you go to learn about breathwork sessions? I mean, you, you mentioned I... the teacher, but... Yeah, I did my facilitation training with um, Revelation Breathwork. Cool. Revelation Breathwork. Yeah, they, they're awesome. They're like an adorable couple. And yeah. <laughs> so if I'm kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm picking up on your story here. <laughs> so you grew up kind of unaware of how and where you could heal your body through yoga. So you found yoga and started your healing practice, or process yourself um and then also did breath work and then did you decide to go immediately into your own business or how did how did what you have going on develop from there yeah you know slowly over time um you know I started teaching kids yoga like in 20 January 2017 or something mm -hmm. um while I was uh working some other jobs as well and um and then kind of when the, this, the more, I kind of always, I think I always knew I would end up working with adults as well. And that um, kind of really started taking off a bit more this year when COVID hit. And I had in the back of my mind, just like, oh, I know at some point I'll probably want to become a breathwork facilitator. And then in the beginning of March, um, I kind of was like, I think it's time now. And then COVID, the shutdown happened mm -hmm. and it just like very synchronistically kind of came across this training through a friend um, that was happening like the next weekend. Um, <laughs> so that's how it started. And then I started facilitating sessions and it kind of, yeah, it kind of just moved from there. And um, I think the beautiful thing for me about this year is that I feel like I finally stopped kind of going to war with myself in a way. And I just kind of, um, surrendered and I haven't been thinking of like I want to start a business I want to do I've just been kind of doing the thing and seeing where it takes me and um and I'm just really trusting the process and kind of the divine unfolding of my life in a way that I never really have before and I'm really grateful for that yeah I I totally agree with that actually it's kind of funny I think it was two maybe three years ago I I gave up making goals <laughs> yes. <same. laughs> like there's things that I hold in my heart that I want, like ways I want to be of service or um how, how I want to move through the world and and you know who I want to be because I think those are important weight like things that guide my actions. But like it isn't like I um I have a friend who is also a coach, uh but she's very different like you know, you can't, you can't not have a goal because then you can't validate yourself. And I'm at, I was like listening to her say this to me and I was like, no, I'm already validated. I don't need the goal to do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so it's really beautiful that you also, I think kind of said that lovely, like I'm, I'm pursuing what it is that I love and how I want to, um, 
contribute to the world and to my fellow human humans. It's <laughs> trying to work that into a humanity kind of statement, but like you're of service, you're contributing to a better world and you're following the um, guidance that you're being given that you feel like you're being called to. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it, it feels like. And sometimes I do think that, uh, you know, sometimes we don't know what's best for us. Um, I came to Los Angeles. The reason I ended up in Los Angeles is because I went to grad school for television writing and thought I was going to be a TV writer. And um, that's not why I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> I, you know, I, I always say I arrived here for, you know, I was, that's why I arrived here, but like it, it was for a totally different reason. It was for my own healing and then to move into this, this healing work. Um, and there was a lot of surrender in, involved in that. And this is, I feel like I'm on a path right now that's making me so much happier than working in the film industry ever could. And, uh, but there was a lot of like fighting with my ego to kind of let that go. Yep. Yeah. Cause our ego tells us like, oh no, you've got all this time invested in this thing. You're going to grad school for it. Like you have to keep doing it, but you, you don't. Exactly. Exactly. So how did you find the like bravery within yourself to say like, not that I'm you know, I'm not giving up on this, but this isn't my main purpose anymore. Um, it was just, you know, I was just hitting a lot of walls um, pursuing that. And whereas uh, kids yoga work was coming to me very easily. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my, and that was at the beginning of my own kind of delving into spirituality and healing. And it was just kind of one of the first examples that I really decided to stop and witness of what happens if I follow ease mm -hmm. rather than what I was always taught, which is, you know, life has to be hard. You have to work really hard. You have to uh, push through. What if I just follow ease? And uh, that's, that's what I've been trying to do. That's so critical. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wish, I, I love that you said, why don't we teach kids yoga? I could have used this. Like, mm -hmm. I wish someone would have said that exact thing to me much, much, much earlier on in, uh, in my artistic development, in my professional development. Um, and that is that idea, right? That like, it, it's okay to follow ease and it's okay to pursue pleasure. And not like bacchanalian pleasure, but like <laughs> the things that light your soul up and make you go like, oh yeah, I really want to do that. Yeah. Trusting that, that is just like, yeah, rather than, rather than feeling like you have to check off a bunch of boxes and like, why were we taught that it has to be so hard, that everything has to be so hard. I just, I'm, I'm really, that is like a belief system that I am working on just like breaking through because I don't want to believe anything has to be hard anymore. And not that, not, not that, um, and I don't mean that life should be easy. I don't believe that at all. I, I, I don't think our souls are not here for an easy life. They're here to grow and develop. But I think that we can move through life with ease, even when it's challenging and hard. Yeah. And also when you are so in love with what your purpose is that like working on it actually feels like play yeah. or when you are working on it, it doesn't feel like play. The things that are annoying you or are difficult for you, at least you look back at that and you think like, well, this is my purpose. And so I'm okay having to fill out a 1099 for someone, or I'm okay doing my own taxes, or I'm okay starting an LLC, like, because this is something I really believe in. And I feel like I'm contributing to making 
the, the universe a better place for all of us to live in. Yes, exactly. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. You totally skipped the part where you moved to LA. <laughs> oh yeah. I, <laughs> I'm from New York originally. I'm from New York originally. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a huge move. Yeah. So um, were you already involved in yoga before you made that transition? No, I mean, I was, before I moved to LA, I was a runner. Um, and so I, I ran, which was a huge, huge thing for me. It's still, I ran a half marathon and it's still one of the things that I'm most proud of in my entire life. Because yes. as I touched on before, I was like, I hated gym class when I was a kid. I was the most, I hated moving. I was so disembodied. Like I didn't want a body. Like when <laughs> so, I, um, so running a half marathon was like huge for me. And um, I, while I was training for that, I, started doing yoga as kind of just like a cross training technique. Um, uh-huh. so that's, but I didn't really fully delve into it until I moved to Los Angeles and it became a way also for me to find community. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. That's so funny. We have so much in common. <laughs> mm, love it. <laughs> I know. Also used to be a runner. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's incredible. So, so you made the pivot, you did yoga teacher training and now you're working with kids. That's so cool. So one of the questions that I kind of think it's fun to ask people (laughs) is, um, and we've touched on this a little bit with like following the ease, but if you were to give either your younger self a little bit of advice as the, as you're starting on your, your, um, intuitive path or your sacred journey, so to speak, um, what kind of advice would you give to that person? Or what kind of advice would you give to listeners who are hearing this, who are maybe in a place like, hey, I'm in grad school and I'm hitting a bunch of walls and I'm thinking spirituality might help me? Mm, That's such a good question. Um, Definitely, definitely follow ease and follow joy, follow what lights you up and, and trust, um, trust the things, trust like, trust the divine unfolding of your life. That's been a big mantra for me uh, this year. And, And also I think a big one, um, I think maybe the biggest one for me is to invite, and I, I know I touched on this before, but is to welcome in um, your pain, welcome in your pain and sit with it and get curious about it. Um, and because that is how, uh, that is really the only way through it. There's no running away from it. And I spent so many years trying to run away from my pain and it wasn't until I really sat with it and welcomed it in and just allowed depression to kind of blanket over me that I really was able to move through it. And it seems counterintuitive, but that is, that's what worked for me. Totally. That's such good advice. (laughs) So if listeners want to find you out there on the World Wide Web, (laughs) where can they go? Yeah, so my website is biancabloomfield.com. If uh, you have kids and are interested in taking um, virtual yoga classes with me, it's biancabloomfield.com slash kids yoga on Zoom. Um, And I'm redoing my website right now so that to incorporate my healing work, I have one page on there right now, though it's not, um, it's not very detailed yet. So if you want to know more about that, um, you can DM me on Instagram. It's uh, at biancabloomfield underscore and uh, if you're interested in setting up a breathwork session or just working with me and kind of delving into your shadows a little more, um, yeah, that's the best place to find me probably right now. That's amazing. 
Well, thank you so much, Bianca, for sharing your sacred adventure story with me here and with the listeners. It has been a pleasure getting to know you and your work. Thank you so much, Emily. This was really a joy and a pleasure. Yes, yes. Listeners, thank you so much for being here, too. You can find all the links Bianca mentioned in the show notes. Yes, and I do want to also say thank you, thank you, thank you, listeners, for being here. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave the podcast a review or rating so that other folks can find it. And I am wishing you so much love and awareness as you get into your own sacred adventure.